Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. God creates a plant or a vegetable, it's meant for that purpose. But no, man knows so much better. Because we can, we will. And so we'll combine these two things together and we'll genetically modify them. We'll go into the DNA of the, of the thing or whatever it is and we'll tweak it a little bit and make it better. And all of a sudden, it messes with something. And all of a sudden, it's not good anymore. And it's not even healthy and, 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 and we twist things like that. Now, and, and because we can, we do. Sometimes I think scientists need to stop and think, just because we can, maybe we shouldn't. How amazing is your love? How can I keep it from shouting your name? Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. We serve a God of all wisdom. Today, as Pastor Rob digs deeper into the book of Deuteronomy, we continue to learn of God's very specific instructions to the nation of Israel by showing them exactly what seeds to plant in the fields and what kind of animals are used to plow those fields, speaks to us on how he wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. At times, we think we can make things better by changing the blueprint of God's way. But because we live under God's grace, our goal should be to please Him by obedience. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's teaching. And this is what's happening today. The tail is wagging the dog. The tail is all of these little things, and they're wagging the dog, and they're causing corporations and movie channels and movie big networks to finally just succumb to the whims of a handful that are very powerful and are gaining momentum in the church, too. There are many churches that are very... Uh, uh, very in, in, in line with this and embrace it. We ought to embrace people. We don't have to embrace sin. We embrace people and we encourage them to change. I needed to change. I was a rotten, filthy sinner when I got saved. And so are they. We all need to come to Christ, the Savior. He is the only one. And our kids, on top of that, are being desensitized to men wearing women's clothes and men wear, wearing women's, or vice versa. You know, there's a Disney movie called Tangled, and it has a scene of a bunch of rude and crude men in a bar that Rapunzel and Flynn Rider go into, and many of them are effeminate and wearing uh, women's clothing. And I'll be honest with you, the whole scene is very comical, if it wasn't so heartbreaking. But the scene, it desensitizes kids, those kinds of things. And pretty soon when they see it in real life, it's not just a shock anymore. It's no longer shocking because they're, they're being inundated by it everywhere. And it ought to be a shock because it is abnormal and it is perverted. It's against nature. And this is certainly one of the strategies, one of the strategies of Satan is to desensitize so that it becomes so normal to the ear and to the heart that finally when it comes into fruition, 
Everyone's embracing it, and they're wondering why everybody is so against it. What is the matter with you? Can't you just get with it? Can't you just, be, can't you just love people? Can't you see they're in love? <laughs> we need to do, folks, whatever we can to uphold biblical truth as the Lord shows us in his word. And, it may be, and may it be shown not only in our personal life, but in our public life. And may it reflect in the ballot station when we go to vote. Remember who you are when you vote. If you know the Bible, you'll be able to vote. Certainly no one is perfect. You know, no, no, neither group is perfect. But you look at the values, you look at the issues, it's not hard. And that's all we can do. And then you pray. But notice it says that this, for all who do such thing are an abomination. This word uh, literally means a disgusting thing. It, it, it's, it's, um, in an ethical sense, it means wickedness. We know in Leviticus chapter 18, it says, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. It's the very same word. And believe me, this is not easy to talk about, but here it is in the word of God, and we've got to face it. And Leviticus chapter 20 says, If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. That's how serious God put on these weird and twisted relationships. For the Jews, he said, you can't let this go on, because if you let it go on, it's going to corrupt, corrupt, corrupt. Now, thank God, you know, in our justice system, you know, we don't put people to death. I'm very thankful for that. But we still have to tell them the truth. They may not be put to death, but God has, given, has gone to the cross for them. They have to believe in him, right, and be restored to life, right? In Deuteronomy chapter 23, there shall be no ritual harlot of the daughters of Israel or a perverted one of the sons of Israel. You shall not bring the wages of a harlot or the price of a dog. That's a male slave, a male prostitute. You shall not bring a price money that they've earned into the house of God. For any vowed thing, for all of these things, again, are an abomination to the Lord. And one of the first things that Josiah, Josiah did, he was one of the greatest reformer kings in Israel's history, it says he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the wooden image, a wooden image of Ashtaroth. And there's so much in the word of God about these things. Genesis 19, Judges 19 speaks of it. Romans chapter 1, we know all these things. How is it that any pastor in this country or in the world, how can any pastor skirt around this issue when it's very plain in the word of God? I've heard interviews of certain pastors. They would ask them, what do you think about homosexuality? First off, you should say, I don't think anything. This is what the Bible says. Read the verses I just read. Just read it to them. This is what God says. It's a sin. And thank God, you know, we're not living back, you know, we live in an age of grace, right? But think about it. They need to uphold and teach what the Lord says. That's what's important to us. And it's going to take great courage for believers today to stand up and be courageous and stand for the truth. And we are not haters. We may get frustrated, but we are not haters we are not haters. We're lovers of God. We love God and his word, and God loves people, but they must come to him and submit themselves to the truth of his word, his word. And everyone is welcome within these walls as long as they come with open hearts and open ears. 
to hear what the Lord has to say. We must not compromise in sharing the whole truth. The whole truth. Nice segue, because now we're going into verse 6. <laughs> it says, If a bird's nest happens to be before you along the way in any tree or on the ground with young ones or eggs, with the mother sitting on the young or on the eggs, you shall not take the mother with the young. You shall let the mother go, and you shall take the young for yourself, that it may go well, be well with you, and that you may prolong your days. And I love the fact that God, again, he's, he's concerned about life. He's concerned about preserving life. He wants to promote life. He even says to the Israelites, I put before you life and death. Choose life. Choose it. Don't choose death. Choose life. That's the thing he gives you. And he commands us to choose life. And I, sometimes I wish I was on the top of the Empire State Building like that, you know, and the lotto jackpot is. Instead of that, I'd say, choose life. And then I'd be thrust through with an arrow and I'd fall headlong into the traffic below. But notice the love of God, even in this. You know, leave the mother alone because she can still propagate. She can still have more young ones. But you can use the eggs for, you know, to, to have eggs or to use for, for chickens or whatever you're going to use. He says, when you build a house, then you shall make a parapet for your roof. A parapet is literally that in a battlement, uh, like a low wall or an edge around a balcony, and, and that's so that your guests don't fall off the roof and hurt themselves. And he says that you may not bring guilt or bloodshed on your household if anyone falls from it. And again, this shows the value of human life and God providing, and, and it's due diligence, really, isn't it? That's what, the, that's what due diligence means, that when you see something in advance, you can see the angles. You know that if you build a high-rise and you don't have some kind of edge around the edge, there's always going to be some person standing off with a selfie. They drop their phone, they go to catch the phone, and the phone's more important than their life, so they go over with it. Happens in the, uh, the Grand Canyon every day, it seems. A lot of this stuff is happening. <laughs> but anyway, you, they build an embattlement, a parapet around it, right? You do it for due diligence because you know that people can be silly. They can do dumb things. Have you ever done a dumb thing? I do a lot of dumb things. You can talk to my daughter. She's probably got, she could probably sit down with you and, and bore you to tears with all the silly things that I do. But some people, you just got to think ahead. If you're an owner of something, you got to think ahead. People are going to do this. You know human nature. <laughs> human nature is not that bright. Human nature is not that uh, sensitive. Human nature is not that intuitive. Sometimes we just need some help, right? In Leviticus chapter 9, it says, But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And in verse 9, he says, You shall not sow your vineyard with different kinds of seed, lest the field, the yield of the seed which you have sown, and the fruit of your vineyard be defiled. And you know, this, um, this keeps things from being polluted. You know, when God creates a plant or a vegetable, it's meant for that purpose. But no! Man knows so much better. Because we can, we will. And so we'll combine these two things together, and we'll genetically modify them. We'll go into the DNA of the, of the thing or whatever it is, and we'll tweak it a little bit and make it better. And all of a sudden, it messes with something. And all of a sudden, it's not good anymore. And it's not even healthy. And, 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 and we twist things like that. And because we can, we do. Sometimes I think scientists need to stop and think, just because we can, maybe we shouldn't. 
Ah, but the pride of man and the, and the lust for money and prestige. The Nobel Prize is waiting for you, buddy. If you can get the, uh, if you can somehow, you know, put a monkey and a tomato together and get a, a, a Makato. A Mankato. That's what it is. It's a genetically modified organism. GMO is your friend. You too can have genetically modified organisms in your house. But we do it because of pride. We do it because of humanism. We're going to rise to the occasion. We're going to make things better. We're going to, we got a dawn of a great civilization of the new world order. Oh, it's beautiful. Cough. Reminds me of Genesis chapter 11. What was their concern? Let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Isn't that the height of pride and humanism? Let us do this because we're going to reach into heaven and we're going to grab God's throne. We're going to kick him off the throne and then we are going to be on the throne. Isn't that just like man? That's what they want to do. That's what they've done, actually. I mean, you can't really kick God off the throne But in some people's minds, they already have. They're living a golden age. Isn't it wonderful? Look in the paper. Isn't it wonderful? You guys just don't understand how wonderful it really is. Because the world, you know, all the stuff that you're seeing, ah, that's, it's just a result of how great this thing is. It's coming. Can't you see it? Are you blind? I'm only kidding. It's a mess. It's a mess. In verse 10, he says, You shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. Why? One is a clean animal. The ox is a clean animal, Levitically speaking. And the donkey is an unclean animal. And besides, why would you want to get this big, beautiful thing that you can have steak and milk and cheese and cover the top of your Bible with? Why do you want to have that next to a donkey anyway? They're two totally different animals. One's a huge ox. You put this donkey, I mean, it's going to be like the donkey's going to go for a drag as they put a yoke on that. It just wouldn't work. You wouldn't do that. Why would you do that? Put two oxes in there, right? Put two ox, not an ox and a donkey. It doesn't make sense. And God is saying, that's the thing. It doesn't make sense. Don't mix things that God, when God made things, he said, this is good. It's very good. But man says, ah, not good enough because we can do something. We can tweak it. We can tweak it and make it better. But I beg to differ. But these animals, they're built for different jobs and different loads. It also creates an awkward load balancing issue. It's more like the ox would be dragging the donkey when the donkey gets tired. Now he's got an extra load. He probably doesn't even know he's there. He just keeps going. What's that mosquito? Oh, that's the donkey I'm dragging behind me. Right? He doesn't even realize it. Why, Why do that to the animal? Literally unequally yoked. That's why God says don't marry an unbeliever. If you're already a believer, don't marry a believer. You're unequally yoked. One is going to be excelling, and the other one's going to drag you behind. It's one thing if you both are, you know, unsaved, and one gets saved, then you, you know, you stay with them and you encourage them, and hopefully the other one will get saved. But if you're a believer, don't even tread that ground. They may be beautiful. They may promise you everything. They may treat you more than anybody's ever treated you. They may be the most loving, beautiful person you've ever seen. At one moment, there's going to be a time when you're going to want to go to church and they're not going to want to go to church, and then the battle really begins, and then you dig in your heels, and you find they dig in their heels, and then you got this great rift, and then divorce, and then kids get separated, and then everything has to be divided, and it's a big mess. 
don't be unequally yoked. And he says, you shall not wear a garment of different parts, such as wool and linen mixed together. And again, the prohibition against mixing things up. You know, what God makes is good, and man doesn't need to be mixing things and bringing about more confusion. And besides all that, you think about a garment would not be as stable and wear as long if it is made of different materials. There is order and consistency, and God knows this because he is the author of it all. He can say, when you're making wool, use wool. Don't make something out of cotton and then put polyester next to it. Don't mix things. It's not going to last that long. It's just not right. Make it complete. And you think about it, it just, it's mature, isn't it? It's, it's complete. It's, it's, it's all of one thing. It's, there's order to it. It's not like a chaos. And he says, you shall make tassels on the four corners of your clothing which, with which you cover yourselves. And again, this is in Numbers chapter 15, God encouraged the children of Israel to do this. He says, you shall have a tassel that you may look upon the tassel and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them, and that you may not follow the harlotry to which your own heart and your own eyes are inclined. Does God know people? I think he does. And you, that you may remember and do all my commandments and be holy for your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Isn't that wonderful? I'm so glad he's my God. I'm so glad that he allows me to call him my father. So glad that he loves me enough to call me his son. He can call you his daughter. What a great and wonderful thing. We're in some serious trouble here. Why don't we stop there? This next section will will take us some some time and we'll we'll get into chapter 23 we'll finish chapter 22 next week and we'll get into chapter 23 but you know i'd encourage you just to take a look at those things that we read tonight you know look them over there's plenty of or you can get the cd or you can get it on the podcast and listen to it again and and write down the scriptures and go to them because you're going to need them you're going to need these scriptures i i I purposely put um, a handful of them in there so that you can write them down and it'll save you some time. And you can go read them for yourselves because people need to know the truth. See, I can't give them. I don't want to give them my opinion. My opinion is no better than anybody else's if it is just my opinion. But my opinion is based on what? It's based on facts. So therefore, my opinion is better than yours. <laughs> our opinion, our opinion is better than the world's opinion. You know why? Because they don't have any foundation. What is their foundation? Their foundation is what someone in a history, in their, uh, some professor has told them, which goes against nature and is totally against everything, the order of God. Are you going to believe them? I don't care how many degrees they have. I've met some really smart people who are intellectually can swim circles around me, much brighter, much smarter. I don't care. I really don't care. You can, you can talk to me about evolution, and, and, but what about this? But what about the, this? You know, and they get in all this technical knowledge. It doesn't bother me, and neither should it rattle you. God said it. I believe it, and that settles it. And you know what? God will never be upset with you if you can't spar intellectually with somebody. They can make you feel like a complete imbecile. They can make you feel so inferior. They can make you feel like you're just a bumbling idiot, that you're just some kind of fundamental weirdo, Jesus freak. 
I'll be glad to hold that title. Fundamental Jesus Freak. Because he's changed my life. I know him, and he knows me. And you know him, and he knows you. And regardless of what you don't know or what you do know, this is the word of God, and it will remain forever. It will endure forever. Everything in this universe will dissolve with fervent heat. But the word of God, what does it say? Abides forever. It abides forever. And you can stand on it. Will you stand on it? Will you just put your feet on it and say, this is where I stand. I'm not going any further, and I don't care what you have to say. Because God's word is true, and I believe it hook, line, and sinker. You can shoot me if you want. I am going to believe in this. You have that conviction? You need it. Ask God, pray, and say, God, give me that boldness. Give me that conviction. You don't have to be irritable. You don't have to be mean and nasty. You can be bold with sincere love, and you can look somebody right in the eye and pierce their soul because the Spirit of God is working in you. Don't be afraid of anything. Don't be afraid of anyone. Rather, fear fear him. Doesn't he have control over not only your physical frame, but he also has the ability to take your soul and cast it into hell forever and ever, and it'll never end. Folks, it'll never end. It will never, ever, ever end. But you, brothers and sisters, you will spend an eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ where there are pleasures forevermore, and that will last forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. No one can take it away from you. It's reserved in heaven for you. That is the great, wonderful, glorious gospel that we hold to. Isn't it wonderful? And that love compels us. It compels us to go out and share it and love. Hold to this. When everybody else is swimming circles around you intellectually, making you feel inferior, you stick to this like a tick. You just stick to it. You just hold on to it and you hold on tight and everybody else can fly away. You stay true to the word of God. Don't ever give up. God's never going to give up on you. You hold in. You hold on. Isn't that what the Bible says? And when having done all, just stand. Just stand, Ephesians 6. Put on that helmet of salvation, that breastplate. You know, you put on all of that armament. He provides it for you and let him consume you in a wonderful love of grace. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you desire? Just be consumed by the love of God. I do. Daily, I I got on my knees in my office today and I just prayed to God. My God, do something with me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Set me on fire, God. Help me to be loving, real love. Not just telling people things, but loving them. Telling them the truth. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word, how it says that you have put your word above all of your name. And if your name is Jehovah, who the Jews won't even pronounce, they don't even pronounce your name. And when the scribes wrote Jehovah, they would just write the vowels, and they would would cleanse themselves before they even wrote your name. They would cleanse themselves thoroughly before they even wrote Y-H-W-H in Hebrew, (laughs) before they even did it, Lord. They had such a holy reverence for your word. God, purify and cleanse each one of us by the blood of Jesus Christ. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.